ثم بني قريضة وفيهما خلف وفي ذات الرقاع علما كيف صلاة الخوف والقصر نمي وآية الحجاب والتيمم قيل ورجمه اليهوديين ومولد السبط الرضا الحسيني الإفك في غزو بني المصطلق وكان في الخامسة اسمع وثقي ودومة الجندل قيل وحصل عقد ابنة الحارث بعد واتصل وعقد ريحانة فيذ الخامسة ثم بنوا لحيان بدء السادسة وبعده استسقاؤه وذو قرد وصد عن عمرته لما قصد وبيعة الرضوان أولى وبنى فيها بريحانة هذا بينا وفرض الحج بخلف فاسمعه وكان فتح خيبر في السابعة وحظر لحم الحمر الأهلية فيها ومتعة النساء الردية ثم على أم حبيبة عقد ومهرها عنه النجاشي نقد وسم في شات بها هدية ثم اصطفى صفية صفية ثم أتت ومن بقي مهاجرا وعقد ميمونة كان الآخرا وقبل إسلام أبي هريرة وبعد عمرة القضى الشهيرة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد Welcome back, my dear brothers and sisters, to our lessons on the seerah of the Prophet وسلم, from the great poem Al Urjuzatul Mi'iyah fi Dhikri Hali Ashrafil Bariyah. 100 lines of poetry on the life of the greatest and most noblest of creation, the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, by the great Imam Ibn Abil Iz Al Hanafi Rahimuhullah. In our last lesson, my dear brothers and sisters, we finished off by speaking about the Battle of Al-Khandaq, or the Trench, also known as the Battle of Al-Ahzab, or the Confederates. And as many of the scholars of history have said, this battle occurred in the month of Shawwal, during the fifth year after Hijrah. And some have said it happened in the fourth year. Wallahu alam. And we spoke about this battle in our last lesson. Today, inshallah, we'll resume from line or verse 65 onwards, where the Sheikh speaks about what happened after the Battle of Al-Khandaq, starting off with the military campaign of Banu Quraida, the third and final Jewish tribe in Medina. The Sheikh says in verses 65 to 67, Rahimuhullah, ثم بني قريضة وفيهما خلف وفي ذات الرقاع علما كيف صلاة الخوف والقصر نمي وآية الحجاب والتيمم قيل ورجمه اليهوديين ومولد السبط الرضا الحسيني Afterward, بني قريضة and within them both is some differing. Also that the riqah which he instructed how to perform the salah of fi and shorten the prayer as ascribed and the verse concerning the hijab and tayammum. It was said his stoning two Jews and the birth of the delightful grandson Al-Husayn. So the Sheikh starts off here by saying thumma meaning afterwards was the military campaign of Bani Quraidah. 
And as we previously mentioned, this Jewish tribe violated the treaty they had with the Muslims during the military campaign of Al-Khandaq. And they also aided and supported the Quraysh in fighting against the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam finished with this battle, with the battle of Al-Ahzab or Khandaq, he attacked him, meaning he attacked Banu Quraida. Aisha reports عنها, as is found in Bukhari and Muslim that when the Prophet وسلم, returned on the day of the battle of Al-Khandaq meaning the battle of the trench he put down his arms, his weapons in other words and took a bath then Jibreel whose head was covered with dust came to him saying You have put down your arms and your weaponry by Allah I have not put down my arms yet Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said, Fa'ina, where are we to go now? Jibreel then said, this way, pointing to the tribe of Bani Quraidha. So Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went out towards them. Ibn Umar also, he said, as is found in Bukhari and Muslim also, that when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned from the battle of Al-Ahzab or the Confederates, which is the battle of Al-Khandaq or the trench, he said to us, None of you should offer the Asr prayer but at Bani Quraidha. Ibn Umar continued to say the Asr prayer became due for some of them on the way. Some of them decided not to offer the Salah but at Bani Quraidha, while others decided to offer the Salah on the spot and said that the intention of the Prophet وسلم, was not what the former party had understood. And when that was told to the Prophet وسلم, he did not blame any one of them. And my dear brothers and sisters, as we've discussed previously, the three Jewish tribes in Medina, they all violated the treaty they had with the Muslims. And each violation came immediately after one of the major battles. As we discussed previously, Banu Qaynuqa after the military campaign of Badr, and then Banu Nadir after the battle of Uhud, and finally Banu Quraidha after the military campaign of Al-Ahzab or Al-Khandaq. The Shaykh continues to say, Rahimahullah, Wafihima. And within them, both is some differing, meaning differing in regards to the date of these two military campaigns. And they are the military campaigns of Al-Khandaq or Ahzab and Bani Quraidha. And as we said, some of the ulama said that the battle of Al-Khandaq happened in the fifth year after Hijrah. And some have said it happened in the fourth year. Wallahu alam. In regards to the military campaign of Banu Quraidha, some said it followed the Ahzab battle in the month of the Al-Qa'da in the fifth year after Hijrah Wallahu alam. The Shaykh then says Rahimuhullah wa that al-Riqa' then there was that al-Riqa' meaning there was the military campaign which was called that al-Riqa' now the reason it was called that al-Riqa' is because they fastened their feet or they covered and tied their feet with rags due to the severe heat Abu Musa radiallahu an, he narrated as is found in Bukhari and Muslim that we went out in the company of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam for a military campaign and we were six persons having one camel which we rode in rotation so due to excessive walking our feet became thin and my feet became thin and my nail dropped and we used to wrap our feet with the pieces of cloth and for this reason this military campaign was named that al-Riqa'ah 
as we wrapped our feet with rags. Now when Abu Musa narrated this hadith, he felt regretful for doing so, as if he disliked having disclosed a good deed of his. Also regarding this battle, my dear brothers and sisters, there is some differing as well as to when it took place. And the correct position as Shaykh Abdul Razak al-Badr Hafizahullah says, is just as Ibn al-Qayyim mentions in Zad al-Ma'ad and also Ibn Kathir in Al-Fusul fi Sirat al-Rasul, is that it took place after the military campaign of Al-Khandaq. And among the matters which prove this is that Ibn Umar was given permission from the Prophet to fight for the first time on the day of Al-Khandaq. And this has been affirmed in Bukhari and Muslim that he said I took part in the military campaign towards Najd along with Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ibn Umar also mentioned the Salah of Fi or the prayer of Fi radiallahu an. Then the Shaykh says Rahimuhullah Ullima meaning which he instructed meaning the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught the Sahaba how to perform the prayer of Fi in this military campaign. Al-Qasr and the shortening of the prayer, meaning the shortening of the four unit prayers, Numi as ascribed, meaning ascribed to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the occurrences during the fourth year after Hijrah. Ibn Athir rahimahullah, he said, it was said, indeed the salah was shortened in the fourth year after Hijrah. And the revelation of Ayatul Hijab, the ayat concerning the hijab. Ibn Kathir he said in his book Al-Fusul, there is no differing that it was revealed the morning after he consummated his marriage to Zainab bint Jahshin anha. However, as we mentioned my dear brothers and sisters, the time in which he consummated his marriage to her, to Zainab, has some differing. Meaning the ulama differed as to when he exactly consummated his marriage to Zainab anha. And also the revelation of the verses or the ayat concerning At-Tayammum was also in the same year. Now the reason for it being revealed was that Aisha lost her necklace on one of the military campaigns. Some of the ulama, some of the scholars said that it happened in the fourth year just as the author Rahimahullah views. And others say that it happened immediately after the military campaign of Banul Mustalik. Wallahu alam. The Shaykh continues to say, Rahimahullah, Kila warajmuhu al Yahudiyaini, and it was said, He's stoning two Jews. Meaning, this is one of the occurrences in the fourth year after Hijrah in which he stoned two Jews. Ibn Athir, Rahimahullah, he said, In that year, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stoned as a punishment a Jewish man and woman. Its story is well known. And their story was mentioned in the authentic narrations. And the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar which is found in both Bukhari and Muslim, it is said that a Jewish man and woman were brought to Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam on a charge of committing illegal sexual intercourse. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked the Jews, what is the legal punishment for this sin in the Torah, in your book, meaning for the punishment of zina? They said, we darken their faces and make them to ride on the donkey with their faces turned to the opposite direction and their backs touching each other. And then they are taken around the city. He, the Prophet ﷺ said, bring the Torah if you are truthful. They brought it and recited it until when they came to the verse pertaining to stoning. The person who was reading placed his hand on the verse pertaining to stoning and read only that which was between his hands and what was subsequent 
to that. Now, Abdullah ibn Salam, radiallahu an, who, who was formerly a Jewish rabbi before accepting Islam, and he was with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam at that time, he said, command him, meaning command the reciter, to lift his hand. He lifted it. And there was underneath that the verse pertaining to stoning. Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pronounced judgment about both of them, and they were stoned. Abdullah ibn Umar said, I was one of those who stoned them and I saw him, the Jew, protecting her with his body. Meaning protecting the one he committed zina with, with his body. And as we said, this hadith is found in both Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim. Then the Shaykh says, And the birth of the delightful grandson Al-Husayn. Meaning in the fourth year after Hijrah, Al-Husayn radiallahu an was born. And as we know, Al-Husayn is the younger brother of Al-Hasan who we spoke about previously. And their parents are Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu an and Fatima, the daughter of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa radiallahu anha. With that, my dear brothers and sisters, the Shaykh rahimahullah ibn Abi al-Izz al-Hanafi, he finishes off speaking about the fourth year after Hijrah. And as we said, some of the incidents that we mentioned, or that the Sheikh mentioned in this poem, the ulama differed over. And the Sheikh's view was that it happened in the fourth year after Hijrah. Because now the Sheikh is moving on with the fifth year after Hijrah, beginning with line 68, where he says, Rahimullah, speaking about the incident of Al-Ifq, which is the slander of Aisha, the mother of the believers, radiallahu anha, he says, Rahimullah, Listen and trust that Al-Ifq, meaning the slander of Aisha, occurred in the fifth year during the military campaign of Banu al-Mustalik. Now my dear brothers and sisters, in the fifth year after the Hijrah is when the Ifq incident took place. And this was the accusation that was thrown at the mother of the believers, Aisha radiallahu anha. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah An-Nur, Surah 24 of the Qur'an, sent down ayat, verses, proving her innocence from this slander. And Aisha radiallahu anha, after these ayat were sent down, proving her innocence, she said out of modesty radiallahu anha, regarding her affair, that I considered myself too unimportant to be talked about by Allah in the divine revelation that was to be recited radiallahu anha. Ibn Kathir, rahimahullah, he said in his tafsir concerning this matter, the scholars of Islam, may Allah have mercy upon them, have collectively or unanimously agreed whoever reviles or curses or dishonors her, meaning Aisha radiallahu anha, after this innocence, meaning after she was declared innocent in the Quran and throws accusations at her, which are mentioned in these verses, has indeed disbelieved because he is in opposition of the Quran. And the Sheikh says, في غزوي بني المصطلق During the military campaign of Banu al-Mustalik, meaning this military campaign was in the 50 after Hijrah, as the author, rahimahullah, mentions. And also, but some of the scholars do say that it happened in the 60 after Hijrah. Now, the tribe of Banu al-Mustalik, my dear brothers and sisters, is a portion of Banu Khuza'a. Al-Mustalik is the name of their grandfather. Now this military campaign was also called Al-Murayseer because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam encountered them at this well named Murayseer which is a place near the valley of 
Qudaid in the direction of the coast. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he defeated them and some of them were killed and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam captured women, children, livestock and sheep. Then the Shaykh rahimahullah, he moves on to verse 69 where he speaks about the military campaign of Duhmatul Jandal and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's marriage to Juwayriyyah radiyallahu anha. He says rahimahullah, وَدُومَةُ الْجَنْدَلِ قِيلَ وَحَصَلْ عَقْدُ بْنَةِ الْحَارِثِ بَعْدُ وَاتَّصَلْ And Dumatul al-Jandal was before and what took place afterward was his marriage to Bint al-Harith and its consummation. وَدُومَةُ al-Jandal And this is the place in which its name remains even up until today and it's located within the district of Al-Jawf. Qablu was before, meaning before the military campaign of Banul Mustalik. This is because Dumatul Jandal happened in Rabi' al Awwal in the fifth year after Hijrah, whereas Banul Mustalik happened in the same year but in the month of Shawwal, just as Ibn al Qayyim rahimahullah mentioned and was certain of in his book Zad al Ma'ad. The Shaykh saying Wahasal, meaning and what took place, meaning immediately after the military campaign of Banul Mustalik was Aqdu, was the marriage of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam to Ibn al-Harith, to Bint al-Harith, and she was Juwayriya Bint al-Harith radiyallahu anha. And she was from those who were captured from Bani Mustalik. She initially fell under the shares, meaning the shares of the war booty which was distributed to Thabit bin Qais radiyallahu an. So he bound her to him until she paid a price for her freedom. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam paid for her and married her radiallahu anha. Upon his marriage to her, she obtained freedom as well as 100 people from the tribe of Banu Mustalik as a show of generosity and being the in-laws of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then the Sheikh says, Badu afterward, meaning after the military campaign of Banu Mustalik, Wattasal, meaning he consummated his marriage to her, meaning to Juwayriya radiyallahu anha. Then the Sheikh moves on to line 70 or verse 70 and says, وَعَقْدُ رَيْحَانَ تَثِيثِ الْخَامِسَةِ ثُمَّ بَنُوا لِحْيَانَ بَدْءُ السَّادِسَةِ And the marriage to Rayhana in the fifth Afterward was Banu Lihyan, which was at the beginning of the sixth. Wa'akdu Rayhana and the marriage to Rayhana, she was the daughter of Zaid radiallahu anha, who was among the captives of Banu Quraidah. She was from his portion of the spoils of that war, so he freed her and married her radiallahu anha. This is one of the statements of the people of knowledge, which is the view of the author of this poem, Ibn Abil Iz rahimuhullah. Now other ulama say that she was his female servant and she was part of what he owned and this is the view of Ibn al-Qayyim as he mentioned in Zad al-Ma'ad and also Ibn Kathir as he mentions in Al-Fusul and other than them, Wallahu A'lam. Then the Shaykh continues to say, في ذل خامسة in the fifth meaning the fifth year after Hijrah ثم بنو لحيان بدء السادسة Afterward was بنو لحيان which was at the beginning of the sixth. And this is the military campaign of Banu Lihyan, which was in the month of Jumad al-Ula in the sixth year after Hijrah, as has been mentioned by Ibn Kathir in his book Al-Fusul 
Rahimuhullah. Now this military campaign was to take revenge on the delegation of Ar-Rajia. However, they took cover in the mountains and eventually the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left them, returning back to Medina without any fighting. Now Ar-Rajia is when a group of companions were killed after they were ambushed by a group of kuffar after initially requesting from the Prophet teachers to come and educate them about Islam. They pretended that they want to accept Islam, then they ambushed this group of companions. Anhum. Then the Sheikh moves on to verse 71, where he speaks about the dua for rain. وبعده استسقاؤه وذو قرد وصد عن عمرته لما قصد Afterward he made dua for rain and ذو قرد and when he had to perform umrah he was prevented from doing so وبعده meaning after that meaning after the previously mentioned line he made dua for rain or he made prayer for rain and this is because in the sixth year after hijrah there was a severe drought so the Prophet ﷺ made dua for rain and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down the rain. And this has been mentioned by Ibn al-Qayyim that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam made dua for rain during some of the military campaigns against the mushrikeen in an unspecified year. Then the Sheikh says, meaning the military campaign of Dhu Qard, which was a few nights after the military campaign of Banu Lihyan. Ibn Kathir he said in his book Al-Fusul, afterward his return to Medina. Uyayna ibn Hisn raided the camels owned by the Prophet in, in Bani Abdullah bin Ghatafan, which was in the forest. So they herded the camels and killed the shepherd who was from Rifar and they took his wife. The first to be warned about them was Salama bin Amr bin Al-Aqwa' Al-Aslami He then pursued them on foot alone. So when he encountered them, he began to shoot arrows at them saying, Take these arrows, I am Ibn Al-Aqwa' and today is the day the vile will perish or today is the day of revenge. They dropped everything they had in their hands and when the scream was heard in Medina, the Prophet and a group met up with Salama bin al-Aqwa. They reclaimed the camels and the Prophet reached a well called Dhu Qarad. So he slaughtered one of the camels and they stayed there one day and night then returned to Medina. The Sheikh then says, وَصُدَّ meaning he was prevented, meaning the Prophet ﷺ was prevented عن عمرته لما قصد when he headed to perform Umrah, meaning in Mecca, which was in the sixth year after Hijrah, during the military campaign of Al-Hudaybiyyah, where he وسلم, headed out with a thousand or so of his companions عنهم. And this Umrah was not facilitated for them on this trip meaning the Quraysh prevented them from performing Umrah. However, they made an agreement with the Quraysh with stipulations that the Umrah will be made in the following year, in the seventh year after Hijrah. So he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, didn't perform Umrah during this military campaign or during this treaty which became known as the Treaty of Al-Hudaybiyyah. But this truce or this treaty between the Muslims and the Quraysh, the Mushrikeen of Mecca, was considered among the tremendous victories, as Ibn Mas'ud and others have said, radiallahu anhum. Then the Shaykh mentions Bay'atul Ridwan in verse 72, Rahimuhullah. وَبَيْعَةُ الْرِضْوَانِ أُولَى وَبَنَا فِيهَا بِرَيْحَانَةَ هَذَا بُيْنَا 
first was the Pledge of Ridwan, and during that he consummated with Rayhana that has been evident. The Sheikh said, Meaning first was the Pledge of Ridwan. Meaning before the Treaty of Al-Hudaybiyyah, the Prophet wasallam sent Uthman to Mecca عن, to negotiate with the Mushrikeen of Mecca with regards to performing Umrah. Then it was relayed that Uthman was killed. The Muslims heard that Uthman was killed. So the Prophet took a pledge from his noble companions to fight. And this particular pledge was called Bay'at al-Ridwan, in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed ayat speaking about it, where he says subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَيِّعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ فعلم ما في قلوبهم فأنزل السكينة عليهم وأثابهم فتحا قريبا Indeed Allah was pleased with the believers when they gave their bay'ah or pledged to you O Muhammad under the tree he knew what was in their hearts and he sent down a sakina meaning calmness and tranquility upon them and he rewarded them with a new victory Then the Sheikh says وَبَنَا فِيهَا and during that he consummated Meaning during that year, meaning in the sixth year after Hijrah, bi Rayhana with Rayhana, meaning bin Zaid radiyallahu anha, who was mentioned earlier. And as we mentioned, Ibn Qayyim, he said that she was one of his slaves and not his wife radiyallahu anha. Wallahu a'lam. Then the Sheikh says in verse 73, Al-Hajj was made obligatory, so listen concerning this matter, as there is differing, the conquest of Khaybar was in the seventh. وَفُرِضَ الْحَجْ Al-Hajj was made obligatory, this was during the sixth year after Hijrah, بِخُلْفٍ Meaning, there is a difference of opinion concerning this matter. Ibn Kathir rahimahullah, he said in his book Al-Fusul, the obligation of Hajj was made in the sixth year according to statements from some of the people of knowledge. And according to other scholars, it was in the ninth year. Some say it was in the tenth year, although this is something strange. Then the Sheikh says, Rahimullah, Wakana Fathu Khaybarin Fisabia. The conquest of Khaybar was in the seventh, meaning in the seventh year after the Hijrah of the Prophet, which is the saying of the majority of the scholars. Ibn al Qayyim Rahimullah he says in his book Az Zad that Musa bin Uqba said, When the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam returned to Medina from Al Hudaybiyyah, he remained there roughly twenty nights or so. Afterward, he headed out to Khaybar on a military campaign. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had promised it to him, meaning its conquest, when he was in Al Hudaybiyyah. Malik said the conquest of Khaybar was during the sixth year, although the majority of scholars agree that it happened in the seventh year after the Hijrah. Then the Sheikh says in verse 74, speaking about the prohibition of domesticated donkey meat and also the mut'a marriages, he says, during that was the prohibition of domesticated donkey meat and also the prohibition of the vile temporary marriage to women. So the Sheikh said Wahadru, meaning prohibition of eating Lahmil Humuril Ahliya Fiha was prohibited during that, meaning during the seventh year after Hijrah, Umutatin Nisa'i, temporary marriage to women was prohibited, meaning in that year in the seventh year after Hijrah. 
and the Sheikh described it as being vile and corruptive. So this prohibition was legislated on the day of Khaybar. And this has been mentioned in many hadith such as those found in Bukhari and Muslim related on the authority of Ali radiallahu an, who said, Anna nabiyya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam naha an nikah al-mut'ati yawma khaybar wa an luhum al-humur al-ahliyya. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam forbade temporary marriage to women or mut'a and he also forbade the meat of tame donkeys or domesticated donkeys. And this is mentioned in Bukhari and Muslim. Then the Sheikh moves on in verse 75 to speak about the Prophet's marriage to Umm Habiba. He says, Rahimuhullah, ثُمَّ عَلَىٰ أُمِّ حَبِيبَةَ عَقَدْ وَمَهْرَهَا عَنْهُ النَّجَاشِيُّ نَقَدْ Afterward, he married Umm Habiba and Al-Najashi paid her dowry in cash on his behalf. ثُمَّ عَلَىٰ أُمِّ حَبِيبَةَ Afterward, Umm Habiba, meaning Ramla bint Abi Sufyan radiyallahu anha, عَقَدْ meaning he married her, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married Umm Habiba or Ramla bint Abi Sufyan radiyallahu anha وَمَهْرَهَا عَنْهُ النَّجَاشِيُّ نَقَدْ And Al-Najashi paid her dowry on his behalf, meaning the Najashi is the one who settled her dowry on behalf of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says in his book Zad al-Ma'ad, afterward he married Umm Habiba, her full name is Ramla, Bint Abi Sufyan, and it's also said that her name is Hind. He married her when she was in the land of Al Habasha as an immigrant, and Najashi gave her a dowry of 400 dinar, and she was given over to him in marriage from there. Then the Sheikh moves on in verse 76 to speak about how the Prophet وسلم, was poisoned and also his marriage to Safiya radiallahu anha. He says, Rahimuhullah. During it, he was poisoned by the meat that was gifted to him. Afterward, he chose Safiya, who was a share. The Sheikh said, Wasumma, meaning he was poisoned, meaning the Prophet وسلم, was poisoned. Fishatin, by meat, meaning the meat in which poison was placed therein. Biha, during it, meaning the seventh year after Hijrah, upon the conquest of Khaybar. Hadiyah, meaning a Jewish woman gifted it to the Prophet and the hadith concerning this are in Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an and others as well. Thumma afterward he chose, meaning the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam chose Safiya, and she was Safiya bint Huyay, who was a share, meaning he acquired her from the spoils of Khaybar. So she accepted Islam and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam freed her and later married her. And the hadith concerning this are in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim from the hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an. Then the Sheikh moves on in verse 77 to speak about Ja'far and the companion's arrival from Al-Habasha and his marriage to Maymuna bint Al-Harith. He says, Rahimuhullah, Afterward she arrived, as well as those remaining who had migrated, and his marriage to Maymuna was the last. Meaning after which he arrived, meaning Um Habiba, who we mentioned in the previous verse or line, as well as, meaning who also arrived, Man Baqiya Muhajira, those remaining, those who had migrated to Al Habasha, such as Ja'far bin Abi Talib, the cousin of the Prophet and the Prophet said to Ja'far when he returned, I don't know which makes me happier, the arrival of Ja'far or the conquering of Khaybar. Then the Sheikh said, 
وعقد ميمونة and the marriage to ميمونة بنت الحارثة رضي الله عنها كان الآخرة meaning she was the last one the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم married meaning he didn't marry anyone after her ابن القيم رحمه الله he says in زاد المعاد afterward he married ميمونة بنت الحارث who was the last one he married he married her in Mecca after عمرة القضاء according to the most correct opinion that's when عمرة القضاء was in the 7th year after Hijrah in the month of Dhul-Qa'dah. Then the Shaykh moves on in verse 78 to speak about the Islam of Abu Hurairah. He says, Rahimahullah, وَقَبْلُ إِسْلَامُ أَبِي هُرَيْرَةِ وَبَعْدُ عُمْرَةُ الْقَضَى الشَّهِيرَةِ Before Abu Hurairah accepted Islam, afterward was the well-known make-up Umrah or Umratu Al-Qadha. وَقَبْلُ meaning before it, meaning before that, Islam Abi Huraira was the Islam of Abu Huraira, or Abu Huraira accepted Islam, meaning his acceptance of Islam was a short time before the conquest of Khaybar, which as we said happened in the month of Muharram in the seventh year after Hijrah. So he came to the Prophet وسلم, in Khaybar, although he didn't participate in the military campaign. وَبَعْدُ meaning after it, meaning after the military campaign of Khaybar was Umratul Qadaa. الشهيرة, the well-known makeup Umrah. And this is when the Prophet وسلم, returned to Medina from Khaybar. He stayed there until the month of Dhul Qadah. So he left Medina for the makeup Umrah in that month and he traveled until he reached Mecca and performed Umrah. And with that, we conclude today's lesson. In our next lesson, Allah Ta'ala, we will continue from verse 79, the sending out of the messengers to the various rulers which was in the 8th year after Hijrah. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. ثم بني قريضة وفيهما خلف وفي ذات الرقاع علما كيف صلاة الخوف والقصر نمي وآية الحجاب والتيمم قيل ورجمه اليهوديين ومولد السبط الرضا الحسين الإفك في غزو بني المصطلق وكان في الخامسة اسمع وثقي ودومة الجندل قيل وحصل عقد ابنة الحارث بعد واتصل وعقد ريحانة في ذي الخامسة ثم بنوا لحيان بدء السادسة وبعده استسقاؤه وذو قرد وصد عن عمرته لما قصد وبيعة الرضوان أولى وبنى فيها بريحانة هذا بينا وفرض الحج بخلف فاسمعه وكان فتح خيبر في السابعة وحظر لحم الحمر الأهلية فيها ومتعة النساء الردية ثم على أم حبيبة عقد ومهرها عنه النجاشي نقد وسم في شات بها هدية ثم اصطفى صفية صفية ثم أتت ومن بقي مهاجرا وعقد ميمونة كان الآخرا وقبل إسلام أبي هريرة وبعد عمرة القضى الشهيرة